0: Welcome to Let Go, Lean In, a transformational leadership podcast for women. In this podcast, you will have an opportunity to grow an awareness of an area in your work, life, or faith that you want to change. Gain a tool that can help you in that area of growth and receive encouragement for you to Learn to let go of the self-limiting beliefs that hold you back and lean in toward Jesus who has given you the abilities and the talents and the passions to live this one life wholeheartedly. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Well, welcome to another episode of Let Go, Lean In. I am so excited to get to introduce you today to a real life co, not only coach, but Enneagram 7 and friend, Rhonda Peterson. Rhonda, welcome.
1: Hi, Lisa. It's so good to be with you. So good to be back with you and being reconnected with you.
0: Yeah, it, it's so fun to, in our pre-conversation to remember that, okay, it was here that we met because it's been more than a, a minute or so that uh, we've known each other and just kind of been on the periphery, you know, through LinkedIn and Facebook watching you grow your coaching business and the iterations that it's taken. And And I'm excited for the listeners to get to, you know, hear what it looks like for someone to lead themselves well as life continues on. So, I want to introduce you formally, formally, and uh, share your bio with everybody. So, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read. I love everything that you've said. So, I'm just gonna read it as it is. I guide financial executives, entrepreneurs, and emerging leaders to lean into their ROE, return on energy which increases their ROI, return on investment, in case you don't know that one, both professionally and personally. Why? This focused energy opens up the space for greater impact in your organization because you are doing your best work. Using my signature energy audit as part of my Apple framework, I support financial professionals and as they move beyond just the numbers and into the relational side of leadership. The soft skills needed to lead, practicing courage and vulnerability, focusing on engaging their own strengths, engaging the strengths of their team. Passing on the wisdom gained in coaching leaders and authenticity shared in my own leadership experiences helps my clients connect to the importance of how the soft skills of leadership affect the bottom line, that their own energy can make an impact on profits efficiency, team culture, and more. I spent my corporate career in consumer affairs and marketing. My own transformation to an ROE focus meant moving from marketing products to marketing people. This started after a family crisis, when my husband was critically injured in a car accident, our four year recovery journey immensely reshaped my perspective. Over time, I transitioned from marketing product brands into coaching leaders on developing their personal brand for marketplace impact through executive coaching. Along with my bachelor's of Science in Human Ecology from Ohio State University, I hold a certification in executive coaching from the University of Texas at Dallas. I'm a member of the International Coach Federation and the National Association of Women Business Owners, Columbus Chapter. I hold certification as an associate certified coach and as an Enneagram Motions of the Soul professional. There's a lot, but there's so much rich offering. Thank you, Rhonda, for sharing your bio and that part of who you are, because this is going to be a fun conversation for people to learn what an ROE is and, (laughs) and just to get to know you. So I'm so grateful for your time today. Thanks again for being here. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. It's always interesting. And we, we chatted a bit about this, about writing our bio. And I think it's an excellent exercise at any stage of life but it's it's a challenge to be able to say okay this is all of who i am in a one sheet and and we know that that's not true but it's you know the the points where we want people to be able to connect and exactly and so i i love that you included not only your professional journey but a bit about your personal journey as well and and i'm so sorry for your husband's accident but you guys are new in the way that you're living as a result of that and that transformation
1: is it's not something we sign up for but it's a gift no but when crisis happens you grow through it one way or another
0: yep yep (laughs) it's so true one way or another well you know crisis is is sometimes the change point but sometimes there there are other impetus you know inciting incidents if you will talking about literature you know it's like there's an inciting incident in life and it doesn't always have to be um traumatic but i love to ask my guests to think back because this is a transformational leadership podcast and absolutely and it's you know how how are we transforming in in life and being uh, becoming more of who we're created to be? So I love to kind of back the bus up to an, an early remembrance that you might have of a, an opportunity to step forward into leadership. Do you you know have anything bubble up to your memory as far as an early, Example
1: of leadership in your life? This was a great question, Lisa. And oh. when I when I heard that, I was like, oh wow. Hmm. Well, number one, I will tell you that my nickname from my sisters, I'm I'm the oldest of three sisters, and um my nickname was the boss cow. Um so, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, said with all love and affection, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> My sisters would laugh if, if um, they knew I just said that. That being said, one of my earliest remembrances of leading was um, getting my sisters. I had an aunt that was my age, which, you know, that's highly unusual. But I'm from a my my mom was one of nine and she was one of the oldest. And my aunt was obviously the baby. Sure. And um, and I had three girl cousins. And I remember when we were kids, when we would get together for holidays, I remember. Organizing everybody to put on a play for the members of the family. Yeah, so that was leadership or being the bossy one, you know, all of that probably rolls in there together, and I'm sure there was some level of bossy in it because I was the oldest and um, my aunt, who is ten years, not ten years, ten months older than me, Well, she was always just sweet and wonderful. And we used to, her nickname was Goody Two-Shoes. So obviously I was the bossy one who told everybody else what to do. So, yeah. yeah. So that was, that's my first memory of leadership. I I truly believe that since then I've learned a little bit about how to lead in a way that engages people as opposed to browbeats them. But (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm confident that is the case. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I believe so too. Um, but when I think back, leadership has been something that I have just kind of leaned into. My mom mm-hmm. was a leader, so I saw it. Um, I saw it modeled for me. Oh, that's and wonderful! I, I, it really truly is. Now, our leadership styles. very different. My Mm -hmm. mom was very much a numbers person and I'm not a numbers person, but so we lead differently, but we, but I learned, I had the leadership modeling from my mom Mm -hmm. and that was really a blessing that I had no idea the level of blessing it was when I experienced it. Mm -hmm. So it's true. It's very grateful for that
0: we we swim in the water right we don't pay attention to it and and i don't know if you remember in elementary school i mean your mom being a leader and and we're in same stage of life so that was unusual for a woman to be working and and i didn't say
1: she was working outside the home I oh, said she was okay. a leader. Oh, good point. Thank you. Thank you for that. that. I, I'm not oh. trying to be obnoxious, but no, that's a good point. She she led in places that were not in the workplace at that stage of her life. Um, So that so that's an interesting way to think about it. But you're right. Women were not in the workforce when we were growing up. And this so, is, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And so so that kind of takes the how do you manage to be a leader in the workplace to a completely different space mm-hmm. um my roles in the corporate space were never at the director and vice president that i didn't wasn't in those spaces
0: mm-hmm. but i
1: was one of those people that could bring a team of people together and accomplish amazing stuff because i knew how to engage the gifts and the skills of the people within the team to Mm. get done what we needed to do Mm. so so that there,
0: there are a couple of things. Boy, do I want to unpack more things! All right, so back to you. And I'm really glad that you put a pin in my assumption of your mom being a leader outside of the home, because a big part of why I do this podcast is to help women see themselves as having influence, which is what leadership is. Yes, it they, is. They have a title or not, and so perfect example that you bring forth. Your mom was a leader and acted as such, even though she wasn't in a situation outside of the home where that was her role professionally. So that's that's exactly. money right there, because that's an example of my, my whole posture about leadership. And, and to your earlier point about bossy, I love that word. <laughs> and I hate that word. I have a, you know, like a, an oppositional reaction to it, but years ago I saw, you know, it, Facebook was probably new. So this is probably 2007 or whatever, a cartoon, if you will, of a little girl and a little boy. And the girl had backed the boy into like a corner and she had a stick and pointing it at his face. I'm not bossy. I have leadership skills. So true. Right. And, and to, to use that word for a long time, it was a, a weapon. Yeah. You know, negative connotation toward women who have leadership skills, that they're bossy, that that's not a good thing. And you know, to, to fast forward to how you were giving an example of developing the people on your team and helping their gifts come forward and stuff, that's transformational leadership in action.
1: Because Absolutely.
0: You said, I, I'm confident I don't browbeat people anymore, and I've <laughs> learned a different way. And, and that is transforming your leadership as well. So uh, this is this is so fun in, in you recounting examples, how you're pointing out that transformational leadership is a vital way of, of leading, just knowing who you are and then seeing others and helping them become the best best version of themselves. And so, you know, that that's all back there. You're doing different work now, but still developing people. And and I just wonder if you could put that connective tissue together for us because corporate space and now executive coaching and and what that transformation
1: has been like if you don't mind. Um the transformation has been I would describe it as very freeing mm. because when you're in the corporate space, no matter what your role is in the organization, you're in a box. And mm. I mean, that's a necessary situation because everybody has to understand at least some level of what their role is. Yes, so we can color outside the lines of, and I was really good at coloring outside the lines. i <laughs> that's probably yeah. one of the reasons why I said that this is freeing because I was constantly coloring outside the lines and yeah. fitting within somebody's box was exhausting for me. Mm-hmm. Must be a seventh thing. Just it saying. It must be a seventh thing. Yes, um, <laughs> Yeah. But now being able to work with leaders on holding up the mirror and helping mm-hmm. them see themselves and helping them um, see the potential that's within them by different ways, whether it be an assessment, whether it being listening to a situation that they bring to the table and saying, okay, this is my observation, this is what I'm hearing. Um, What do you want to do with this piece of information? How do you want to move forward? All of that is a way of not just transforming myself, but allowing others to be part of their own transformational process Mm -hmm. by giving them um, a space to process what transformation would look like. Mm -hmm. Because I think we all need that. Mm -hmm. I I truly That safe space to be able to think about, um, here's where I am, this is where I want to be, but what's that space that I need to go through to get there? walking alongside, being the person that walks alongside.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, so many people um, assume that that can be achieved by just talking with a friend. And, and honestly, that's great. If you have a friend who is not going to interject about their story and how, when they did it, it looked like this and detract from what you're processing, because that's the difference between having space with a coach who's holding that space for you and not getting involved in the conversation other than to draw you out. Unless there's, you know, may I share a related story? And that gives the option to the individual to say, no, I really want to hang on to this and keep moving forward. And that's awesome right they get that kind of yes. clarity but that to your point having that space to process i'm here and i really want to get over here and how do i span that gap and to be that person to walk alongside is really powerful
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i i can't say enough about the benefit of coaching cuz i'm coached i imagine you also have worked yes. with if you're not still working with a coach it's it's so valuable this is not a coaching commercial. However, when you put <laughs> two coaches
1: together. Exactly. We talk, exactly. We we're... believe it's very important. That's why we spent the time learning how to do it. Right. That's right. And learning right. how to do it well.
0: That's exactly. right. And, and keep practicing. And to that end, Rhonda, I know that um, we all have different ways to help equip not only our, our coachees or our clients depending on the vocabulary that we want to use but but also we have ways that we keep ourselves engaged and moving forward and i like to to call that you know equipping i i have a newsletter it's grow equip thrive and so that's kind of how this podcast has has worked out you know get an awareness grow an awareness be equipped with a tool that can help you move toward thriving. And so this equipping thing is, is where I come to what, mm-hmm. what is a tool? Cause I'm sure we have many, but what is a tool that you keep coming back to that you find is so valuable? And if you wouldn't mind sharing, that'd be awesome.
1: The tool My favorite tool, I'm probably prejudiced in this. I will be the first to admit it, but I've created excuse me. Let me say that again. Sorry, Sorry. I've created a tool to help people identify the work that they're doing that energizes them Mm. so that they can focus more on that. Because as I said, as you you said it, but I wrote it um, in my bio, when we're doing the work that energizes us, that is where we can make the biggest impact. And it's so critical to identify that because you need to be spending your time and your energy around those things where you make the biggest impact. That's mm-hmm. what we need to be equipping people to do to get out there and because that's putting your gifts into the world. That's yeah. putting what God put in you into the world. And, and, um, allowing that to be used in ways that can be exponential. So anyway, I have this tool that I call my energy assessment. And a lot of people will do what's called a time audit. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. You can look at how you use your time. But I'm measuring In all those tasks you do over a day, a week, a month, most of us don't have a day that looks the same. You know, Monday looks different than Tuesday, looks different than Wednesday. So Mm. I have them create a hybrid day and look at all the tasks that they do. And then we evaluate them for whether does this energize me or does this drain me? Mm. And it's not just, you know, uh, two-sided, but it's a heuristic scale. So I have them rated on a one to five level. And then look at whether you think that uses a strength or a weakness for you. Mm. The the ah ahas that people have gotten when they do these energy audits have been so powerful. Mm. I've had people who are recognizing, and this part breaks my heart. There's so many that they're doing things that drain them. 90% Yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. Oh, how do you keep getting up and going to work in the morning? Right. I don't understand that. Even yeah. if even if it's a remote and because you know, with the pandemic, right. many people are not going into the office. Um and so with this piece of information, you can start saying, Oh, well, if I spend more of my time over here, then I can make a bigger impact. Not only that, but I'm more motivated to keep going to the office, to keep working and making the impact that I know I could make. Mm-hmm. Because your energy being constantly sucked out of you means that it's taking you three times as long to do anything. Okay. And why are we doing this to ourselves? Mm. Yeah. Boy. And,
0: and so to have that tool to, to build awareness, I would imagine can then help people start to lean toward those, those drivers that energize them and decide and figure out ways to, to eliminate or
1: minimize
0: those things that drain them is that absolutely yeah exactly
1: it's actually the name of your podcast is such a great metaphor for that mm-hmm. because it's let go you gotta let go of those things that yep. are drains now yep. that doesn't mean just dump them in the trash can because obviously a lot of those things probably need to be done yeah but it's let go figure out where those things need to go and lean into those things that truly energize you
0: hmm
1: and what I really love about this is when a leader grasps this and they do it for themselves, I see this as a two track process. Yeah. There's the leader doing it for themselves and then this is truly leading when you understand where you are energized and you value it for yourself and then you as the second track bring that to your people? yeah well the the differences can make in your team is exponential
0: absolutely yeah yep, yep. absolutely. and that is exactly what transformational leadership is. I my my studies, have been in organizational leadership and transformational leadership is a quantifiable research style of leadership. It's not just the idea of, you know, learning how to give yourself opportunity for self-care and, you know, continue learning about leadership. No, this is a style. And Mm -hmm. that two track that you described is exactly what it is. You learn as a leader, this mm-hmm. is important. And now I want my people to experience this as well. And it could be in a variety of areas, but to your point about knowing what energizes you and to be able to work more uh, efficiently, effectively energized, you want your people to do the same thing. So then you turn and you help them learn how that happens and you start to see amazing things come from your team that it it all goes back to equipping them so that they can be who they are, the best version of themselves. And boy, that just like, I vibrate thinking about everybody being able to have that happen. And it doesn't matter the kind of work we do. This doesn't have to be just corporate space. This kind of leadership and team development can happen within the church. It can happen within a community organization. It, you know, this is the ideas are endless and absolutely grams Sem- sevens we are playing with the
1: possibilities here and get really excited about yes it. we are aren't we yes <laughs> oh my gosh we could do this and we could do that and we could do yes. this and we could do that absolutely yes, yes. Yeah. so and yeah <laughs> but we also have to learn how to pull it down
0: and make it granular so that other people can actually do the work that we're playing with the ideas about yeah
1: (laughs) yes we do have to come back to earth on occasion that's right so you don't agree so speaking of bringing it back to earth as i have worked on this what i have and especially considering the fact that I work in the world of finance or mm. work with people in the world of finance, I don't work in because, me. but um, I mean, from the standpoint of the numbers, yeah, um, yeah. but working with people in finance, we need to deal with the reality that all of us have to do something at work that we may not always enjoy. Right. We have, I mean, we just talked about the fact that, okay, we got to bring it down to the granular. Well, as good sevens, bringing it down is like rain on the parade. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I was having so much fun with those ideas. I I know. Stop that. (laughs) So, my goal is to have people be at 80% working in their energizers. and 20% in things that are not so energizing, that m- maybe it's a drain and you're not able to hand it off yet. Yeah. Or maybe it's just something that the reality is, it's kind of like the whole adulting thing, you know? Yes. There is there is a time when you need to look at your numbers. It is what it is. Yeah. Be Be a responsible business owner and look at your numbers because you need to know what they're telling you. Yeah. So that then you can do the energizing things with the information that came from those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. With so the that, data. That's where I do the 80-20. Yeah. Um
0: well, and I imagine concept. too, Rhonda, there's there's a shift because you might find that uh, initially 80%, and you, you kind of alluded to this, but we didn't talk numbers, but 80% of what somebody's doing is the draining, and oh. only 20% <laughs> is the energizing. So to move and flip that so that 20 percent is the draining and 80 percent is energizing would be a huge shift for people
1: totally yeah. and when they make those kinds of shifts not only are they um more motivated they th- just their whole um approach to work changes mm-hmm. but the amount that they can accomplish um, I'll tell you a little story about that. So um, <coughs> excuse me, I um, spoke at the International Association. Sorry, I got that wrong. I spoke at the American Institute of CPAs conference this summer, and I was on their podcast in, as a precursor to speaking at their conference. Yeah. And the man who interviewed me, as we talked about this as part of the podcast interview, when we were going through the approval process down the road, he told me. So after we talked about that and I learned about it through the podcast interview, my boss and I sat down and figured out between the two of us who'd be best at doing all the different tests that we do between us to to um, put our information out there in the world. And what we've found is that we switch some of our tasks between the two of us, and both of us are so much more productive and effective in the work that we're doing, and we're more motivated to get things done. I was like, you are the perfect poster child for what I keep talking about all the time. Yes. It was a great story.
0: It not only is a great story, (laughs) I bet they're doing the same thing for other people
1: now. Well, you know, if you have. A truth that needs to be shared with the world, and you share it with one person, and the it's like the it's like the pebble dropping in the pond. Absolutely. Awesome! The more people that know this, the better off we're going to be. Yeah, and the yeah. more people that can tap into the transformation of their own leadership journey. Just exactly. bringing it back around to what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's one
0: hundred percent relatable, and and I love that you have seen it in real life. And oh, now yeah. it's, you know, not only a good story, but it's a great example, the poster child, as you said, and, and it kind of really dovetails into perhaps your personal definition, but it's an example of people being able to thrive, which Absolutely. To me is what the goal is, right? We, we want to be able to thrive, but in, our lane, not looking over there and seeing how somebody is doing it in their life and saying, oh, my life's not like that. Obviously, that's not okay. You know, yeah, and, but, but that happens, right? And yeah, so, it does. You're right. I think this is the value of of this part of my conversations with leaders is you know what is your definition of what it looks like to thrive because hearing that oh there's not just one way to do this is kind of a helpful thing there's not one way to lead there's not one way to thrive so to that point what do you what do you think it looks
1: like to thrive i for me the definition of thriving is having the level of self-awareness to know what it is you are most i'm going to use the word again energized by yeah and moving into that space so you can bring your best self Mm -hmm. to the world because your best self is who god created you and you said earlier when you were you said oh i'm just vibrating with that one if you are in that space doing the work that god created you for you are going to grow you are going to thrive you're going to be so alive in who you were created to be that you're going to draw people to you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it's going to be an incredible ride that's thriving to me yeah, it's so true. It's not circumstantial, like
0: nope. you know. I will be thriving when I'm making X amount of dollars, or having five houses and ten cars, or you know. It's not. Oh, it's that's not, not
1: thriving. Good lord, that's way too much to take care of. <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs> Even though we like all the things as sevens, um, yes. This is this is not a definition of thriving. That's like no. external thriving comes from within
1: that is so well said it does come with it does come from within i i'm not going to lie and say that those four years during mark's recovery process my mark my husband his recovery process was a time of fun and excitement on a daily basis you know like good seven la 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 fun sure no no. it was not but the um the presence of god that we experienced the community that came around us mm. the strength that we drew from that th- believe it or not there was thriving in some ways during that time period that we would have yeah. never experienced having not gone through that crisis mm. that's that is so
0: well said a lot of us want to push away hard things and not not look for the value that those kinds of challenges that are put in our lives, that can bring us that deepening and uh, the opportunity to thrive from within. I, I love that you brought in that aspect of your life experience because trauma has, has its way of
1: shaping us for the better. If we allow it, that that is well said. Yes, it does. And so, building off of what you just said there, I'd like to talk a little bit about the definition of joy versus the definition of happiness. Oh, so, I'd love to. Sorry, just that. Yeah. this is just like a bugaboo for me. Okay, it's like yeah, yeah, kind of pet peeve. Kind of got to put this out there. Yeah. Um, there are those who say that the definition of happiness and the definition of joy are the same thing. I beg to differ. But, Especially yeah. since, um, for many of us, we use the term the joyful one as the definition of the seven mm-hmm. and fully lean into it. That would be me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, but <laughs> what? Yeah. But. Happiness is something that is external. It's something outside you that, you know, Mm -hmm. like thrills you or, or you enjoy doing this, that, or the other. And so you're happy about it in the moment. I'm happy because I have a chocolate chip cookie. I'm happy because I get to go to San Francisco and visit, you know, the Bay Area. Yeah, I live in Ohio. So, you know, that's a big thing when I get to go do that. Um, But joy is not always about being in the la 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 happy space joy is recognizing that who you are and what god is doing in your life is basically it's the being connected to god part Mm -hmm. in no matter what internal or external things are going on joy is an inside job maybe we should say where happiness is outside yeah yeah No, I I I just butchered that, but nonetheless.
0: (laughs) No, no, you didn't. It was a great distinction because if we're chasing happiness, happiness is circumstantial. Yes, and and circumstances change, and so do they ever. Happiness is is not a great end goal because it's always like a vapor, changing. But Mm -hmm. to your point, joy is something that you can carry regardless of your circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so if we are to be the joyful ones, then it's really incumbent upon us that we are connected to God in a very deep and present way, so that we move from that space of real joy. So our circumstances can look like, whoa, my, (laughs) okay, I, this is just popped into my head and you know how ideas are for a seven. And so we're just just going (laughs) to include this, but one of my favorite clarifying, this is evidence of a seven goes along with this little girl and other children being, it's a, a study of psychology being given an opportunity to react to a particular situation. And then they're charting, you know, this is how they responded. So the room has horse poop in it. And, you know, the reactions could either be disgusting or whatever. The memorable piece for me is a little girl looks and said, there must be a pony in here. (laughs)
1: That is the way I look at things. <laughs> it's like,
0: there must be now something that good in is, here.
1: There is some positivity in that response. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing what it is, but then going,
0: okay, there's got to be something good in here. Where's oh my bonus. goodness. Rhonda, it is so fun in literal seven words. It is so fun to chat with you. And and like I said, even before we started, you know, officially having our conversation, I could talk with you for hours about a lot of different things and we'd be laughing and sharing ideas and Boy, the energy that two sevens can bring to situations.
1: Yes. right? this is
0: true. <laughs> Let's go brainstorm. Oh, oh boy, I've got I've got all my sticky notes uh, color coordinated in case. Oh, you look
1: can- at that! That's impressive. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> but it was fun to do. Yeah, it was. You know, I I am really excited that you are offering your Roe assessment to each of the listeners and that of course will be in the show notes but my goodness what an opportunity to to go through this discerning situation, you know, looking for the ways that, that you are energized or drained and then being able to do something with it. So you as a listener are going to have access to that ROE, but you're also going to have access to Rhonda. And I hope, you know, that would be a fun engagement. So, So to that end, Rhonda, thank you so much for being here on Let Go Lean In and for your time. And I'm hoping that the rest of your day is filled with that that joy that's bubbling up out of you and that pours out into other people's lives. So thanks again for being here.
1: It's been a delight, Lisa, and we'll see you soon.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Thank you so much for listening
0: to this episode of Let Go, Lean In Podcast. I so appreciate you being a listener. I know that Hearing other people's voices and learning about leadership in this way can be very encouraging. And I would greatly appreciate two things. First of all, if you've benefited from this episode, share it with a friend. Let them know about Let Go Lean In podcast. The second thing that would be amazingly helpful to let other people know is to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review of this podcast. It could be in general or a specific episode, whichever you prefer. But what happens with the algorithms is that the awareness goes up and other people start to discover this material. So those two things, that you would share it with a friend, and that you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, I so appreciate your listenership. Looking forward to sharing so many great pieces of information and wonderful interviews with you. Thanks again.